Hi and welcome to the Church Unlimited podcast. Church Unlimited is a vibrant, Bible-based church in North Lakes, Queensland that is passionate about helping people discover the genuine love of Jesus. If you are currently looking for a new home church, we'd love for you to join us for Sunday worship at either our 10am or 4pm service. For more information about our Sunday service or to find out how we can best help you, head to our website at churchunlimited.com.au. We hope you enjoy this great message from Sunday service. Well, good morning. How are you? It's great to be with you today. Give somebody next to you a socially distancing, friendly high five or whatever, and you may be seated. While we're at it, why don't we give the worship team a incredible hand? Uh, today they've been preaching or playing so well, which is great. Um, wonderful to have uh, Frank and Julie, our dear friends, uh, with us today on the second row, uh, that they would come up from Brisbane for this uh, occasion. Mentioned I was preaching today, so we're so much larger today because of it. Uh, we're just getting to know one another. Um, for those of you that don't know me or my family, my name is Wayne. Uh, my wife, uh, Melody, and son, Riley, are on the front row. Our daughter, Kayla, is uh, in Melbourne. And um, we've recently moved back to Australia. I'll share a bit of our story in a moment. Um, But we are absolutely delighted to be with you. Um, I want to just take a moment to honour and thank uh, Pastor James and Paula um, for just giving us a place to breathe and a place to call home over these last six months or so. Some of you may have noticed we sort of sneak in and we sit over on the, you know, over in that section there. And, um, and it's been really refreshing. But the truth is, um, we've been in uh, full-time ministry for the last uh, 25 years, since 1994. And uh, most of that, half of my life, more than half of my life has been spent uh, overseas in Asia, in Hong Kong. And so what a, uh, what a joy it is. Um, in fact, I was just saying to Frank that uh, in all the times that I've preached, I've probably preached over a thousand times, but less than this many times in Australia. Isn't that interesting? And so can I just say it's an absolute honour to be here today. And uh, thank you, Dan and Joe, as well for that great uh, introduction. And um, But again, I love this church, Church Unlimited. You guys need to know this is a special piece of something that's amazing in the North Lakes. I like to differentiate this. This is not North Brisbane. Okay, you are your own thing up here. And God's got His hand upon this area. And what a privilege that uh, we are led by such incredible pastors. And uh, I think you're blessed. Now, I I love Americans. My wife is American. Uh, But I think that was one of the things that drew us to Pastor James's accent. Um, But you know, there's a bit of Aussie there every time he says, God. Have you noticed that? But I love it. We love you guys. And so thank you for uh, opening your hearts up today just to receive the Word. And uh, and again, thanks to James and Paula for uh, trusting me with this. I want to just make, before I pray, I just want to make a special mention. There's some people watching online today, but uh, we've got some friends in Hong Kong watching. We just want to say uh, hello to you guys. Can we just give Hong Kong a big hand? (laughs) Today is uh, Pastor Andrea's last day. One of our dear friends and co-workers that has walked alongside us, and I'll show you some pictures of our church in just a moment, um, but it is her last day uh, in, uh, you know, in ministry in Hong Kong uh, for the moment, stepping into a new season. So, Andrew, we just bless you and honour you uh, today for the great work and the blessing that you've been uh, in our lives. And to everyone else in Hong Kong, great to, great to see you guys. Um, we, uh, uh, maybe I'll show you a picture of my family. So just in case you have to see, there we go. 
beautiful family. That's our daughter, Kayla. She's the only one missing that's not here today. Um, Melody and I met in Hong Kong in 1994. And uh, it's through the Hong Kong experience that we got to meet each other. Melody's a missionary kid and she, uh, you know, grew up in Asia. She grew up in Taiwan, then moved to Hong Kong, then moved to America just for a few years and then back to Hong Kong again. I'm going to tell a bit more about her story in just a moment uh, because that is absolutely connected with what we want to, uh, what I want to share with you today. But let me just say a few things about Hong Kong, the city we've just come from, just to give you some background to who we are. But Hong Kong is an incredibly uh, populated city. It's one of the most densely populated cities on the planet. In fact, if you get in your car today, set the, the trip meter to zero and just drive for one kilometre and then form a square. In Hong Kong, one square kilometre has over 100,000 people living. Uh, that is not just walking or shopping, that's where they sleep and eat and live. And uh, it's a really densely populated place. The last home that we lived in was on the 60th floor. And uh, that's just what we're used to, these high-rise places. But it's an amazing, uh, amazing city. And so uh, we love Hong Kong. It's also a really beautiful place. And uh, despite what you see in the news, there's a lot of stuff that's happened over the last two years, uh, but it's also a, a great outdoors. It's a place where there is uh, uh, incredible things to see and do. And I love the outdoors. I love adventure. Another thing that we love, I might just show you the church that we had to, uh, that we handed over uh, due to um, family reasons and needing to come back to Australia. That's why we're here. But this is, uh, that is actually the church. If you see that tall building on the right-hand side, uh, that top glowing area, that's the church that we started 10 years ago in Hong Kong. And uh, I've got some pictures of the inside of the church and what that's like. And so our whole lives have been, uh, you know, living that. So some of you might know that as the world's tallest church. It's pretty cool. And uh, that's on the 75th floor. And, and uh, these are some of the outreaches and events that we used to do in Hong Kong. But today, I want to bring us back to something that connects in a little bit with our story. Over the last two years, Melody and I and our family have been on this incredible transition where we've been working and ministering and sharing and pouring our lives out in Hong Kong and across Asia in the mission field all over there. And we've given so much, yet there was something that needed to change in our family. There was something that needed to shift in order for us to step into a new season. There were prevailing family circumstances that meant we couldn't have our children living in Australia and us serving in Hong Kong if we wanted to have the respect of what it actually means to be a follower of Jesus Christ because family is important. Can I hear an amen? Family is important to Jesus. So we had to go through a process of complete change and we had to centre everything that we do around family. And it's really important that we then did that and did it faithfully no matter what it cost. And that leads me into today's message and the title that I hope will be an encouragement to someone today, which is called Reinvention. Reinvention. I believe that God has done this in our lives and I believe He wants to do this in someone else's life. Maybe you're walking through this in your life, but let me define reinvention for you. And that is changing something so much that it appears to be entirely new. Changing something so much that it appears to be entirely new. My wife, Melody, I mentioned we met in 1994. Uh, in the first week of August, we were at the same church together at the same time. 
And the reason that we met is because she had just a few months earlier been diagnosed with cancer on the thyroid. And so she just had surgery. And as they did the surgery, they took away half of one of the thyroids that she had that was uh, malignant. And as they did that, there was something that went wrong in the surgery. While they were in there, they actually cut one of the, or severed one of the vocal nerves to one of her vocal cords. And so she completely lost her voice. And so for the first week, for the first month, two months, she went back to the specialists and they said, if this is still the same way as it is right now, after six months, it will be permanent. So she could no longer teach. She had to get rid uh, or quit her job, not get rid of your job. She had to quit her job and moved to Hong Kong where her parents were missionaries. And so she was there to recover. That's how we met. I wanna put a little side note here and say, no matter what the hardship is that you're going through, God can bring good things out of the hard things. Now, I know this is an extrapolation, but if Melody did not have cancer, we would not have met. If Melody did not go through that battle, we would not have the family that we have today. And so sometimes it's okay to say, I'm thankful for the battle. I'm thankful for the hardship. I'm thankful for the, the tough stuff that we have to go through because on the other side of that, on the other side of that obedience, on the other side of that difficulty is a blessing. And so we met that time and then we started dating when she had no voice. All I knew was the nice whisper in the ear that we all like to hear from somebody that we're getting to know. And there was a day I remember it when I got a phone call from someone with a female voice that seemed a little too familiar, but I said, who is this? And she said, it's Melody. My voice is back. I said, you're kidding. And it just came back like that. Now, years later, so that's an incredible story. Melody can sing to this day. Uh, she can, no, you're not a singer, but she can do anything. She has her normal voice entirely back. But you wanna know what's amazing? About 10 years ago, she went to an ear, nose, throat specialist. They put the scope down her throat. They took some pictures and took some video. And what they found out was one of the vocal cords is completely paralysed. It had completely been severed and the, the nerve and it does not function to this day. But the other vocal cord had been able to reinvent itself. That is what God designed our bodies to do. When something goes wrong, we find a way to overcome. And I'm thankful for that because Melody got her voice back and somehow the other vocal cord that we have, got, thank God we have too, it found a way to vibrate and to be able to give her her voice back. And I wanna say to someone here today, prophetically, God wants to give you your voice back. Maybe you feel like you've been paralysed in some way. Maybe you feel like you're stuck in some way. But with some godly intervention, I believe God wants to reinvent something in your life to give you the impetus to be able to step out again and to believe again, to have faith again, to grow again, to build again, to start again, to do something wonderful again with God on your side. Can I hear an amen? So let's put some Scripture behind what I wanna talk to you about today. I don't want this to just be a self-help message, but I want it to be something that is firmly filled with the Spirit of God. Revelation chapter 21 and verse five. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making all things new, or I am making everything new. Write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. I am making everything new. Everybody say new. God is doing a new thing. Have a look in Lamentations chapter three 
and verse 22, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For His compassions, or another version says, His mercies never fail. They are new. Everyone say new. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. How many of you remember that song? They are new every morning. New, all the old people raise their hand. There we go. All the young people have no idea what we're talking about. Our God is a God who can make old things completely new again. Let me say it again. Our God is a God who can make old things completely new again. Second Corinthians. If anyone is in Christ, if anyone is in Christ, how many of you are in Christ today? If anyone is, is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. I was so blown away just weeks ago when we had the baptism ceremony just outside in the car park. I love baptisms. They're the most touching moments, I believe, in a church program, whatever we do, because it's a symbolism of how God is taking the old and washing it away and bringing us up again, new to life and to see new people experiencing Jesus and having new life is one of the most amazing things in the world. And so I wanna say this, today about reinvention. Let's apply the word reinvention to people. People reinvented where we are so changed that we appear to be completely new again. My hope today, if you, if you ask me as a, as a preacher and as someone who loves Jesus, my hope for you today is that when you walk out those doors, that you will feel completely new again or at the very least that you will have the opportunity to take steps towards reinventing your life spiritually, practically, maybe in your workplace, in your home, in your marriage, in your families, in your relationships with your children, whatever it is, that you would have that new hope today that you can be completely new again. What's new, uh, what's true for nature is often true in the spiritual. What's true in the spiritual, we often see in nature. And uh, I, wanna, I wanna talk to you a little bit about the lobster. The lobster is an amazing creature when you study it. Now, in Hong Kong, one of my favourite foods that there is, is a food called soft shell crab. How many of you? Okay, you know what I'm talking about. Soft shell crab. So what they do is they harvest the crab just after it sheds its shell, deep fry it, lemon pepper, all of that stuff. We all know where we're going for lunch. And, 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 and you eat it that way. Therefore, you don't have to shell it. You just eat it straight up. It's amazing. Now, the lobster is an incredible story about reinvention and transformation and change and newness. Why is that? The lobster in its first five to seven years sheds its shell up to 25 times. It's amazing because it has to grow. Now, what I've learned is, what it does is it absorbs the nutrients of the old shell and then it gets ready. The water starts to expand its system and then the shell just cracks, it breaks off and then a new one forms. And it does this 25 times in those first five to seven years. But here's the best part. You're not stopping at the age of seven. Lobsters live to the age of 100 and they shed their shell every year for every year that they're alive. So this isn't a message for young people today. 
this is a message for all of us, whatever age you are. That, that there's no point in getting stuck in life and feeling like I'm too old to change. I'm too old to reinvent. No, if it's true for the lobster, it's true for you. God created us all. He made us all to live this life where we are constantly breaking out of our shell and becoming new. Can I hear an amen? amen. So we need to reinvent. We need to shed some shells. I love this quote from Bob Black that says, the reinvention of daily life means marching off the edge of our maps. I love that. Some of us, we've got everything mapped out, planned out, but we need to take one step further and march off the edge of whatever you think normal and known is. A lot of people say, I like to, you know, we like to think outside the box. Uh, I don't have that saying. I like to think inside the box because we have very real uh, restrictions on our lives, whether it's finances or whatever, we have boundaries. So I like to say, think inside the box, but colour outside the lines. Be like a kid who's a child and just get that crayon and just go everywhere. The box is there, but pretend that it's not there. Colour outside the lines. That's what reinvention does. We recognise that there are boundaries, but we need to colour outside the lines. So this is scary territory. This takes courage. This is tough. This is hard work, but we can do it. Now, I want to come to a story that's found in Acts chapter 9, talking about Saul who went through a complete life reinvention. So much so that he ended up changing his name from Saul to Paul. We see this a lot in Hong Kong. We have people changing their names all the time. Uh, we have, uh, I, I don't know if you know this, but uh, a lot of people. So on my staff, uh, I had uh, two brothers, Ga Yun and Ga Yin. And after they came to Jesus, they decided to change their names to Elijah and Elisha. Uh, they had such a God encounter that they changed their name. We, we've had all kinds of people that have changed their names in our church. We've had a salad show up at church. That's right, salad. Kellogg, fish, as in Kellogg cornflakes. And when you ask these people, why did you change your name to that? Yes, I like rice bubbles. Um, this is real stuff. But we have to, actually, I got a true story. I got a speeding ticket from, uh, I shouldn't say that, but I got a speeding ticket in Hong Kong from the, uh, it came from the Assistant Commissioner of Police. It's one of those standard issue things. His name was Demon. And uh, true name for a policeman, Demon. Anyway, this transformation for the Apostle Paul, his name was Saul. It was so huge that he changed his name. Let's have a look at it from verse one. Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. So he went to the high priest, asked for letters to the synagogues in Damascus. And if he found any there who belonged to the way, the way, I want you to just put a, put a point there for a moment and, and just some of you may wonder what the way is. We'll come back to that. Whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners uh, to Jerusalem. So we have this guy, Saul, very powerful, devout Jew, who is basically killing believers who are following Jesus. Now, we only see the word Christian three times in the New Testament, but here we start to see reference to the movement that they have. Uh, I like the name, The Way, but they were known as the Lord's disciples, the brothers, followers of Christ. There were all sorts of names there, but this is the assembly or the people putting their hand up saying, we're a part of 
the way. All I can say is that this name was probably chosen because it was a pathway. It was a, a way forward. It was a way that people could, could progress forward. And I want to tie that into what we're talking about today. So where are we? Verse 3, as he neared Damascus, there was a light that flashed around him from heaven. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Whenever you see things in the Bible where you've got double words or anything like that, it's a point that you need to sort of stop for a moment and it's an opportunity for us to excavate revelation. God is trying to get our attention here and the writer is trying to tell us, hang on, this isn't just a, hey, hey Saul, why are you persecuting me? This is a booming moment that we need to mark in our Bibles and say this is the beginning of something new. This is the beginning of something that's gonna change the lives of every person in this room today. Have a look at this though, verse five. Who are you, Lord? When I first read that, I was amazed because I'm like, could you imagine if a friend came up to you and, and said, who are you, John? Okay. But you've got to dig a little bit deeper here. Remember, Saul is a follower of Yahweh, of God. And he understands that God is omnipotent. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. He's every when, He's all powerful. And so if there's a booming voice that's coming from heaven, it's never happened to him before. Who are you, Lord? Is that you, God? Is that you? Now, look at what happens next because it's shocking. I am Jesus. Whoa, just there is a pronouncement that is gonna change Saul's life. I am Jesus and beyond that, I'm Jesus and you're persecuting me. Now get up and go into the city and you'll be told what to do. You've, you've probably never seen a more godly rebuke in the Bible than this moment here that is happening to Saul. Because instantly that voice that he heard, he now understands is the voice of God. And he now understands, check this out, his theology is about to change. In fact, Christian theology as we have it today begins right here because we now know that Yahweh, God is Jesus. Jesus is God. I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. You wanna know the best part? Because it says here, He's been persecuting the disciples, the follower of God. Just to go back to what Pastor James was saying last week, we have God in us, Christ in me, the Holy Spirit on the inside. So if somebody persecutes you and you're a follower of Christ, they're persecuting Jesus. And so you see now that we have this theology that says, I have Christ in me. I have the Holy Spirit in me. As followers of Christ, we are carriers of the presence of God. And Saul is now humbled to the point that Jesus is really saying to him, Saul, I'm gonna reinvent you. I'm about to change you. What does he do? He's blinded. He's blinded. For three days, he was blind. The, the story goes on and, and it's amazing. There's this other person completely separate here, Ananias. And God speaks to Ananias and says, hey, there's that, that guy, you know, that murderous, big, tough guy that's been breathing out the threats. I've got a word that I'm giving you to tell him. 
okay? And, and you can just, I, I'm picturing that Ananias is this small, um, you know, sort of really shy, introverted individual. Isn't it just like God to find that person and say, I'm gonna give you the task of going to that guy and telling him that his life is about to change. And that's exactly what happens. The Lord said to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and to the kings and to the people of Israel. I will show them how much he must suffer. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. So Ananias went to the house. He went in there, placed hands on Saul. I'm thinking if that was me, I would be scared out of my, I'd be shaking and and it would be a a scary moment. And so this, this portion of Scripture is as much a reinvention of Saul's life as it is of Ananias' life. Because maybe you don't feel qualified. Maybe you don't feel competent enough. Maybe you don't feel like you've got all your ducks in a row. Maybe you don't feel like you've got the finances or the whatever. But I tell you what, God can use you. God can use you in the midst of your circumstance to bring about incredible, incredible change. And so Ananias does that. Have a look at what happens. I'll just show you the last verse, 18. Immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up, he was baptised. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. Sorry, I wanna just point out the verse before that it says he was also filled with the Holy Spirit. It's worth pointing that out because we've heard over the last few weeks that one of the reasons we have the Holy Spirit is He empowers us to be Christ's witnesses to the nations. And so Saul could not become Paul without the anointing and without the touch of the Holy Spirit upon his life. And I wanna say to you today, we all need to see the empowerment that God has given us through His Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. How are we doing? Great, let's press on. I wanna pull a few points out of this Scripture that we can all learn. And I would say my wife, Melody and I, over the last 18 months have been able to apply in reinventing your life, whatever that means for you. And so for some of you, uh, you know, and I'm not talking about walking away from what you're doing or being irresponsible. I'm talking about with a God-centred approach to whatever circumstance you find yourself in, God taking you from here to here. God taking you forward and onward, not being neglectful, not not turning away from your commitments, not doing the wrong thing, but doing the right thing. We've learned a few things. Um, For those of you who don't know, in in Hong Kong, we we have a very complex geopolitical situation that is playing out and has been playing out over the last couple of years. When Riley was finishing up uh, his final year in school, Um, right at that time, we knew that Riley was going to need to move back to Australia, but then the protests in Hong Kong started breaking out right outside our our window from the 60th floor, but we could see the riot police. We could see trains on fire. We could see uh, protesters for day after day, week after week, month after month. We would finish a church service some weeks and we'd go and have lunch at a nearby hotel and just 100 metres away, our water cannons flying a blue dye cannon onto protesters at the same time. We could hear the helicopters. We could hear this. The disruption was incredible. And so we started to walk out. We had to, for other reasons, not because of the protest, but we've had all of those things to go on at the same time. And so we knew that we were going to have to relocate due to our family circumstances. And so we started on that process. In the last 
uh, 12 months, I've spent 42 days in quarantine. I just checked this morning on my phone app, uh, but we've lived out of a suitcase for over 400 days before we got in from one home to the next home. Over 385 days in multiple different hotels, pushing forward into this new season that we had no idea what God had for us on the other side. And I wanna encourage you sometimes, We've taken steps of faith and we've not known what's on the other side, but we've trusted in God and said, God, I give my future to you, but just help me to renew, help me to reinvent. So here's what I've learned. Reinvention means that change is a constant. Change is a constant. I've got a, I've got a picture here that shows how our life should be in a permanent state of reinvention. This should represent your life because once you get comfortable, God's gonna make you uncomfortable again. And you need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's the nature of who God is and how He works in life. You shed one shell, there's a new one growing. And then you shed that one, there's a new one growing. So we have to understand that reinvention is going to be a constant. It's going to be a state of living that we have to go through all the time. And we need to understand that we should never just be comfortable with certain things. I love the story. We don't have time to go into it. But with Moses and Jethro in Exodus 18, where Moses has got a simple plan in place. He's doing all this stuff, but it obviously becomes overwhelming. And as you grow, as the problems become too big, it took his father-in-law to come alongside and say, what you are doing is not good. It's time to shed a shell. It's time to shed a shell. So for some of us, we need to shed the shell. I think I've got a quote here from Jethro. I don't know if he said it just like this, but thinking you have all the answers on your own is unhealthy. We shouldn't live that way. We, we should live in a way where we look to others to help us to break out of those ruts and we change our thinking. Reinvention, secondly, it removes growth inhibitors. It, it removes growth inhibitors. If we don't change, we can't grow. You don't shed the shell, you can't move forward. It's that simple. It's why I remember when we used to go to the shoe shop as kids and my mum always used to say, when we put our, our foot on that little foot scale thing, you know what I'm talking about? At the, well, I don't even know what it is. It's like a measurer, but it does the width, it does the length and all of that. And, uh, and, and you'd end up, you know, maybe at the time I might be a size six and I would think, mum, tell the people size six, she's not, no, he'll take a size eight. How many of you have school experiences walking around in clown shoes? That's me. And the reason my mum did that is because she didn't want to restrict the growth of my feet too quickly. As kids, you grow really quick. So we do that. Reinvention's the same way. If you don't change, you're going to have bound feet. And God wants to free you today. So don't, don't, don't push back on what God is trying to do in your life. Reinvention means discomfort. I said it before, we need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Now, I actually think that there is a, there's a place where you can go too far being uncomfortable, all the way over here. And I'm gonna call that the danger zone. And then you come all the way over here, which is the lazy boy, everything's great sort of life. And I will say being on sabbatical is a little bit over here. Okay, we've been on sabbatical for the last six months or so, and we're sort of enjoying it. Now, when we're out over here, there was a danger zone and, and, and it is 
a danger zone. You can get burnt out. You can get worn out. You can actually get disillusioned. You can start to lose hope and faith in God because you're wondering what's it all about. So we've got to sort of come back to something in the middle, okay? And this is the point that we need to live. Something like this. It needs to be a zone in that centre area where you can say, I'm not burning out. I'm not super comfortable, but I'm in that place where I'm stretched and where I can learn and where I can grow. Reinvention means discomfort. As a church, I'm not gonna say this, you know, is like a word from God prophetically, but I will say this just out of experience that we need to start understanding that it's gonna be uncomfortable what we are doing here at Church Unlimited. You need to get uncomfortable with somebody else coming to church that's gonna take your seat. You need to get comfortable, hello. (laughs) We had that happen. We went to America to a church for the first time. We went there, we found a place sitting in a seat. And then about five minutes after we we were there, there were red velvet curtains and they were singing, this is the day that the Lord has made and joy is the flag, you know, flown high, all of those favourites. And then a, a, a man came over and said, excuse me, you're sitting in our seat and asked us to move. So they put us down to the back of the church in the wheelchair area. And we had young children, a young baby at the time. And we got put next to all these oxygen tanks. And uh, there was was some uh, hospital patients that were there. And Kayla started crying. And we're like, we couldn't sit in that seat. We can't stay here. And, And we left in 10 minutes. That cannot be a church experience. If someone sits in your seat, say, praise God. Someone's in my seat today. Praise God, He's bringing people into our church community and He's enlarging us and He's growing us. You know, don't be, uh, don't be upset when things are a little bit too loud, a little bit too quiet, a little bit too this and that. We've got to get comfortable with pushing through those shedding the shell zones. Amen. Amen. And I want to just say to everybody here, we are a part of building something right here in North Lakes that I believe God has got His hand of blessing on. And it's going to be amazing if we just push through these growth zones and get comfortable being uncomfortable. The next thing, I'll move quickly. Reinvention recognises that our turf is too small. Our turf is too small. Get out and meet some new people. Get involved in a new uh, grow group. Get involved in something that's a little bit different and, and understand that your circle is a little bit too small. In Hong Kong, we have a saying. We used to be able to sit at a, a dim sum table and I would always say to our team, there's always room for one more. And what we would do is we had this unlimited capacity. I don't know how it happens. It's just magic. <laughs> that if you're sitting at a table and someone unannounced comes along, all you do is push your chair back a little bit, scoot around and there's room for one more. And you keep doing it. I don't know what, a four person table, we'd have 12 people. And and it's just how we do it. Recognise that our turf is too small. Get out and do something different. I was was inspired weeks ago when uh, Mark Robinson came here, the MP, so much so that I started making inquiries. I started to meet politicians. I went to Queensland State Parliament. And uh, I, I mean, I had all kinds of things happen that started from just that one occasion that happened right here at Church Unlimited. And, uh, and I've recognised my turf is too small. I need to get out a little bit, meet people and see what we can do to make an impact in our community. Reinvention is biblical. I'll say this one great quote I heard from Pastor Alan Hewitt in Wales. And he said this, reinvention, oh, excuse me, every revival is divine 
reinvention. Uh, that's why I say this, this topic today is about what God wants to do in you by His Holy Spirit. Reinvention, uh, revival, when God starts reviving you, that is divine reinvention, amen. Jesus cleansed the temple because He was not happy. He tried to reinvent the practice of what was happening in the, in the temple. And in fact, He did it once at the beginning of His ministry. He did it again at the end of His ministry. Not once, but twice. It's important. And we understand, I believe from that, that we can find out that the things that we get rid of often come back. And God is saying, you know, come on, you've got to keep dealing with it. That's why I say it's a cycle. Even Jesus knew that. He got rid of it once, it comes back again. You get rid of it again. That's why I say God is not a God of second chances. Now, some of you may challenge me on that, but let me challenge you back. If He's a God of the second chance, what happens when you make a third mistake? So He's not a God of the second chance or the third chance. He is a God of new beginnings. And there's a big difference. And we need to understand that that's the Jesus that we serve. He is a God of new beginnings, of new starts, of your mercies are new every morning, not just one morning or the second morning, but the next and the next and the next. Reinvention challenges the status quo, my next point, and, and our existing practices. We've got to reinvent to break ourselves out of routine, break ourselves out of the rut, out of uh, that zone where we, are, where we are stuck. I always used to think, uh, this is going back a ways, I used to be a worship pastor and I always used to think that, um, that in ministry we have a use-by date. Because all we're presented with, I'm being very transparent with you, but all we're presented with on social media and on Christian television is all these young, fancy, got it all together, um, you know, all super hip, super whatever. And, and, and it just appears that uh, we can easily be given the impression that, well, once you hit a certain thing, um, you're no longer of any value. The problem I had with that is that that doesn't represent the nature of the God that I know. Back to our lobster, God wants to use you and change you and reinvent you all the way until you're 100 and beyond. I still have a cup on my shelf of my great-grandfather who made it to 100 years. He was given that cup by the mayor of Melbourne. And it's a reminder to me that God, I mean, he was making an impact uh, until the day uh, that he died at 106 months. But he made it, he did it. And I wanna encourage you today, God wants to use you. Next point, reinvention always always attracts resistance. When God decides to do something new and you, don't expect everybody around you to be celebrating because He's given that revelation to you. He's given that to me. And so you may not get all the encouragement in the world to keep going the path that you're going, but do it anyway. We don't have time to go into the spiritual dynamics of this, but, but we must understand we are in a spiritual warfare. We see that in the Old Testament, Jacob at Bethel and the stairway to heaven and the, the dynamic of the angels of heaven ascending and descending. And there's that spiritual battle that is going on. And when you embark on a journey to follow Jesus and to reinvent your life, you better believe all oh, hell is gonna break loose, but you have got to press through anyway. It's a spiritual fight, amen. When you decide to build God's house, resistance is gonna come. When you decide to give for the first time, resistance is gonna come. When you decide to do the right thing that somebody else is not doing, 
resistance is gonna come. Can I encourage you with this thought? David Womack says this, he's one of my favourite authors. He passed away a number of years ago, but he said, the primary purpose of Jesus in the world must never become a secondary cause in the local church. We're gonna, we're gonna have some resistance, but if Jesus died for it, it's worth fighting for. If Jesus came for us and He came for us to live out our story, it's worth fighting for. It's worth pushing through. Can I encourage somebody today? Push through, push through. My last point is this worship team coming up. Reinvention, this is probably my favourite part, means that your story is never over. Your story is never over. I'm gonna say that again because maybe somebody came here today with maybe not those exact words, but something like it, where you think that's it. My story's done. I've, I've passed my peak. I've, I've done as much as I can in that area. Reinvention reminds me, my story is never over. I, I hashtag that. I think I've put a hashtag there, but my story is not over. It is not over. It is not over. I see, this is another message altogether, but I see reinvention in the creation story. It's there. Now, you might say that's invention, not reinvention. No, it's actually, there's reinvention there too. Um, when you look at Hebraic teaching and the foundation behind the creation story, you understand that creation is in two sections of three. Day one, two, three, and day uh, four, five, and six. Then there's rest on the seventh day. At the very beginning, God says, let there be light. But that's not light in the Hebrew. That's not light as we understand it, like illumined light. In fact, the light that we see on day four from the Hebrew is what is translated as luminary. Okay, the stars. And you'll note that that's where the sun shows up and the moon to tell the day from the night, from the evening to the morning. Okay, that's day four. Now, if you study into it, we don't have time to go into it. You can look this up yourself. But the Hebraic understanding in Judaism, which pins the foundation for our Christian belief, is that what is being taught to us here is that uh, in the creation days, one to three, that is linear time. Days four to six is cyclical time. Let me come back to those first three days and why this is important. Because what God is establishing is that we have a past, a present and a future. Cyclical time is where we have an ability to make an appointment next week. Tuesday keeps coming around. Christmas keeps coming around. But every one of us have a past, present and future and God is above time. And so the Bible is not just a history book. It's not a science book. It is a book about relationship. And right in the creation story is created for every one of us, the opportunity to understand that my past, which way would you like past to be? This way? My past does not have to affect my future. God wants to reinvent you. And when you say yes to Jesus every time, your past no longer has an impact on your future. And the best part is it keeps going and going over and over and over and over again. And friends, as I close today, that is why I follow Jesus. 
We're just getting to know one another today. But that is why I follow Jesus. Because my past does not change or dictate or have any instruction over my future because God is able to, again, above time, intervene. I wanna share some of you today, maybe in church for the first time. Maybe this is the umpteenth time or the over hundreds of times that you've been in church. But it's good for us to understand that God is here for every one of us. He's knocking at the door of our heart, wanting to break in. And so often we have to rededicate our hearts to Christ. But perhaps for some of us here today, we need to give our lives to Jesus for the very first time. Why did I give my life to Jesus? I grew up in a Christian home. I grew up in, uh, you know, in church from a young child, but I had some genuine God encounters my whole life that cannot be explained any other way. All I can tell you is that God loves you. God wants to be a part of your life and He wants to help you have a significant change from whatever's happened in your past so that your future is no longer dictated by the past. Can I hear an amen? That's our God. When I was just a young boy, I had a revelation when I was at my grandmother's house. Uh, I don't even remember this story. My auntie and my mother told me this story. I had an asthma attack. And when I had that asthma attack, they prayed for me and I was laid down on the floor. Back in those days, they used to say slain in the Spirit. Okay, how many old timers are here and know what slain in the Spirit's all about? I was just three years old and I was on the floor and my breathing completely restored. There was no way back in those days in the 1970s, we were, not, we were in rural, far rural Victoria and all they could do was pray for me. My breathing restored after this asthma attack. And when I came to, I was just a young boy. Uh, my mother recalls and she says, these are the words that you said, Mum, I've just been to heaven and my name's in the book of life. That's what I said. And as she told me that story years later, it stuck with me, that God encounter, that expectation that there is something more than the here and now that we have. And can I just say to somebody today, God wants to be that in your life. He wants to help you have a new beginning. He wants to write your name in the book of life. He wants to give you a new start today. And so I wanna pray for a few people today. I'm gonna ask you to stand to your feet. Thank you for letting me speak into your life today and allow me, if you will, just to pray for you. And uh, I wanna pray for a few people today, but I just ask, can you close your eyes? If you're here today and you would say to me, Wayne, I, I not been in church, I'm not used to this stuff, but what you're talking about, having a new beginning and a new start, I want that. And I want that with Jesus. I, I want Jesus to come and make all things new again in my heart. Maybe that's you with every eye closed. Can I just ask if that's you or you wanna rededicate your life to Jesus today and say, I need, I need Jesus again. I need Him to come back. I need Him strong in my heart and in my life again. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand and put it down again, just so I can see it, because I wanna pray for you. In just a moment, I'm gonna pray for those of us that may need to respond to this message of reinvention. Just one more time, is there anyone here? Here's what I wanna do. I wanna lead us all in a prayer. Can you just repeat after me? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank You for sending Jesus to make all things new in my life. So today, I give my life to You. I ask You to make me new. Forgive me of my sin. Give me a new beginning. 
Change my heart. I choose to follow You all the days of my life. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Amen. Some of you may not have raised your hand, but you needed to pray that prayer today. I just wanna make sure that you have that assurance that you are new in Christ. Can I ask you again just to close your eyes? Because before I close and hand this over to Pastor Dan, I just wanna... I just wanna pray for some people today that are needing to step into the reality of reinvention. And when I say that, godly reinvention, maybe it's a thing in your business, your workplace. I want us to respond today to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, I need Your touch today. Holy Spirit, I need You to anoint this new journey that You're calling me into. And so across this room, if that's you, I just want us to lift our hands. I'm gonna pray over you. If you wanna respond to this Word today, you say, yes, God is speaking to me. This is a Word for me. This is a Word in season for my life, for my family, for my workplace, for my business, uh, for my finances, whatever it is. So Father, You see every hand raised today. And in the Name of Jesus, I just pray that the Holy Spirit, that You would pour out upon each one. I pray right now that what is old, we declare that it is being made new again. Lord, You're taking the, the rust off, off, the, off the steel and You're making it shine again. There's something new that You're doing. And so I declare that today over businesses. I declare that today over households, over families, over marriages, over relationships of any kind. Lord, we just pray right now that Lord, You would bring about that growth. And Lord, whatever we need to let go of, we say, Lord, we're willing to let go of the past. We're willing to let go of the old. We're willing to let go. Help us to shed the shell that is holding us back from stepping into the destiny that You have for us. God, I wanna pray in Jesus' Name that You would give dreams again to people. I wanna pray, God, that where we've, we've felt stunted, that Lord, You're going to release us today to dream again, to believe again, to Lord, have that hope again for a greater day in the future, for a greater tomorrow. And I release that anointing today upon every person in this room. And every believer said, every person in this room said, Amen. Thanks for joining us. We hope that you enjoyed this message. We pray that you and your family are richly blessed by the love and grace of Jesus. If you're ever in the area, we would love for you to join us for Sunday worship.